Yo, shout out to the most hot. It's always a high seat movement on lower status. LDs for another episode of I Need to Know. And my special guest, introduce yourself, G. Zimbabwe Davies, film producer, philanthropist, and motivational speaker, and certified community coach. I said introduce yourself, G. Your name is Zimbabwe. I should have said introduce yourself, Z. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your birth name? Yes, yes. Uh, My mother, she wanted me to have a name with significance. And before the the country was named Zimbabwe, it was named Rhodesia. And the Africans gained independence of the country. And uh, Robert Mugambi, who was the prime minister, who became the president later, in 1980, he became the prime, the prime minister, and I was born in 1981. Okay. And that's when Zimbabwe came into effect. Damn, so you're a prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you do film. Yes, I'm a film producer. I write, write documentaries. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. Talk about one of your documentaries. So the first documentary I wrote and produced is called Enter a Challenger, Exodus Champion. And it's about my upbringing in West Oakland with my family, my, my older brother, two sisters, my mother and father, and uh, my turning point when my mother passed away when I turned 13 from kidney failure. And I entered the foster care system, and I was I had moved from West Oakland to Reno. Me and my older brother had moved to Reno, and my, my uh, two sisters stayed with my father. And, uh, you know, I, I went through the ringer, you know, lost, lost my confidence, had low self-esteem. I was placed in special education because I couldn't focus on, you know, my schoolwork because I'm thinking about my mother dying and the trauma from that. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, by the grace of God and the universe and, and institutes and people like Mr. Fab, uh, he's, he pretty much saved my life. You know, uh, I, I, I initially uh, was visiting for spring break, to, you know, back in Oakland and uh, I was kicking it with him and I started telling him what I was going through. Uh, my auntie, who I was staying with in Reno, she was abusing drugs, and so I was like telling them, telling them like, yeah, I, I haven't been going to school like consistently. I was working at McDonald's at the time because I was fourteen, and you you could work, you know, with a work worker permit, and so um, I was pretty much grabbing hella burgers before I, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying my shift ended, and so I was like taking care of myself, and so Fab was like. You was the burglar. You was the hamburger. I was the ham like fat. Like, <laughs> the hamburger, but but to survive though, yeah, you yeah. feel me. And so uh, you know, Fab was like, man, like I'm gonna talk to my mom and see if you could stay down here, man, and we'll you know we'll get we'll get you right. And so he talked to to to, to Mama Des. That's and, right. Uh, she, Shout out to Mama Des. She got she gave me that green light, and uh, I got, I got all my my school you know. School uh, transferred, everything got transferred, and then I was introduced to a program called ILSP. It's it's currently called ILP, and I work for this organization. Now, this is an organization that wait, what is it called? ILSP is that Independent Living? Yes, Independent Living Skills Program. Okay, yeah, but they they changed it to ILP, Independent Living Program. Can I just ask you one question? Yes, you know when you work in uh, Reno, right? Yes. I mean, what lived in Reno, and you got your school transferred. Mm-hmm. Did you get your job transferred? I didn't know. You know what, what happened was I ended up working at Burger King. Oh, trader! I went from McDonald's to Burger King. You know, you know? Say something. <laughs> Walk the plank, you trader! Hey. <laughs> hey, had to get it how I lived, though, man. For and sure. I was so glad that I had that ex- that early on experience working at McDonald's at fourteen. So, like, you know, fifteen, I wasn't working, but my junior year when I turned sixteen. Um, I applied for Burger King and I had that experience. Yeah. So I worked, you know, I worked at Burger King 
Okay. But this time, I, you know, I was, you know, getting taken care of. So. Okay, so you wasn't hitting their ass up. Nah, nah. <laughs> they didn't want no beef. <laughs> they, didn't want no, they didn't want no beef. You feel me? So talk about the, um, talk about the, matter of fact, slow down, L. Finish the documentary. Tell me about the first documentary, like how it went, though. Uh, so initially I was supposed to work on a project with this, this young lady and she ended up flaking. And so what happened was I called my mentor, uh, who lives in Atlanta and I was just calling him the vent. And he was like, uh, man, I filmed a documentary before, like send me the, the script, uh, in documentary it's, uh, treatments that you do this equivalent to a script. And so I sent him the treatment, and he was like, man, I love the story, man. I'm going to fly out to Oakland, and we're going to start filming. Yeah. And so we, we went back to my neighborhood on 28th and MLK and, and West Oakland, Ghost Town. And yeah. that was the first day of filming. And from there, it was just like uh, every day hmm. filming. And, and, and the thing I love about films in general is that you get a chance. Everybody, the audience, gets a chance to sit with the characters, the themes, of yep. the film and so they got a chance to see me my struggles they got to see the influences in my life my father uh rest in peace to my father joe russell he passed away last year on halloween he was definitely a, a prominent figure in my life and a big influence um, yeah and and you know mr fab and uh my mentors and the program ilsp they helped me get to where i'm at today i wouldn't be sitting here without none of these people right and so I wanted to show that uh, foster youth and just people in general, that when you have challenges and adversities and roadblocks, like you can overcome them. And there's 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 people in place. There's people in the universe that's going to come your way. There's mm -hmm. institutes. And it's just really about you having an open openness and willingness to try something new, because you got to think I went from being in special education, having low self-esteem, not not articulate myself, not being able to verbalize what I wanted in life to now sitting on this podcast with you. And I want to give you a shot, big shout out <laughs> for having this platform yeah. for artists and, and people in general, you know, who, who are doing uh, impactful work and, and, and doing work that, that motivates and uh, influences people. You know what? Thank you. And I want to give a, a special shout out to the most high and uh, Steve, you know, Steve. Shout out to Steve. Shout out, bro. He like Dr. Claw. You know what I'm saying? People never see his face, but they only see that arm. They expect the guest. <laughs> so this is what I want to know. Do you have a college degree? Yes, I graduated. Um, I went to Brooks College School of Fashion Design and Merchandising in Long Beach, and I obtained my AA degree. Uh, it's funny because let me tell you the backstory behind before I got there. So, uh when I was in the 10th grade, when I moved back down to Oakland, me and Mr. Fab had formed a crew called the Fab Four. So it was me, him, my boy Theo, and Zoe. And so we was, like, known for having the chicks, being the best dressed, being at all the parties and all the stuff. And so, uh, you know, by, my, by the time my senior year came and colleges was, you know, coming to our school, it was like that school was the perfect school to come to, to Emory High. That's where I went. I went to Emory High. So Brooks College came to Emory High. And I was like, well, damn, I want to go to fashion school so I could put my partners on. I could do fashion shows. And so I majored in fashion merchandising, and that consisted of uh, producing fashion shows. Uh, and then I, I went there from 1999 to 2001. 
And when I moved back from Long Beach to Oakland, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to do, how I wanted to start getting into the fashion industry. And so the program ILSP, I had a conversation with my mentor, Mr. J, and he was like, I was like, man, how, how do I go about doing a fashion show? Like, can you help me? And he was like, how about you do a fashion show fundraiser? That way you get your name out there and then we help raise money for foster youth housing and school needs. And so I wrote up the whole, you know, the, the, the fashion show script, the production. I did the music, the scenes, choreography, chose the models. The models were uh, foster youth, promoted it. And we did it at this, uh, at uh, the Oak, the Oak Tree, the Oak Tree in Jack London Square. Yeah. You know, they keep remixing. They kept remixing yeah. the name. Yeah. yeah. And so anyways, uh, so that show was very successful. We raised about $3,500 for foster youth housing and, and school needs. And so I was like, my name started getting big. I started working with collaborating with other designers. And from there, the next year, um, we did another show. And at that point, I was on KBLX. I was in the Oakland Tribune. So my this buzz. This shit is dope. You know this is dope. Man, thank you, man. Thank you. It's, it's been one hell of a journey, man. And so, yeah. You know what I'm about to ask, though? What? With some of that money, did you pay back them burgers? <laughs> Hey, no, look, look, I'm paying back the community now. Uh, I also want to let you know I have a a movement called Building Bridges. It's a a movement I started in 2017 where we have the community versus OPD in basketball. And we also have uh, we also have the difficult conversations. And so the reason why I started that was because. Of course, as a black man, I got tired of seeing black people being murdered by police. Uh-huh. But I had to check myself. Like, you know, it got to a point where I was like, man, I'm tired of this happening. And a voice came into my head like, what are you doing about it? Yeah. And so from there, I was like, OK, I got, you know, I got I got some influence. Let me write some stuff up. I'm pretty creative. And from there, uh, I went to uh, Eastmont Police Station and I spoke with Deputy Chief Leron Armstrong and I ran the idea past him. And he said, we already got a basketball team. He said, you get the venue and you set it up, we there. Yeah. And so from there, I connected with um, with uh, uh, Sam Moses from uh, Soldier Town and my my partner in crime, Yanine Jackson. She's She plays basketball. She went to Tech, won two state championships. And, you know, I'm a football guy. I'm not well-versed in hoop. Yeah. And so I wanted to incorporate women as well within the basketball and so we started it 2018, uh, and that's, yeah. So is it an annual game where y'all play against the police? Yes, it's an annual game. Uh, the, the first year, uh, we lost by, like, four points. We lost both years. We lost both years. So, <sighs> you know, we, we, we got to get, the, uh, we gotta get some, some more squad. And uh, in addition to the basketball game, we have a backpack giveaway for the kids. We have a juice bar to promote health. And we have face painting for the kids within the basketball game, too. So we have, like, two basketball games. We have uh, the youth team, and then we have the adult team as well. And so I wanted to make it to where it was inclusive for everyone, and nobody was left out. Gotcha. Right. And you doing you coming up with all this mastermind, and you just putting it together. Yeah, man. But, I mean, God gave me a gift, man. I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that when – God put something in your spirit, in your mind, like, you got to go with it. You know, I only got this one lifetime to do it. You know, when I close my eyes for the final time, <laughs> it's, no, it's not like a video game. You can't start over. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so I got to take advantage of, of, of my time. I have to utilize the, the skills, the tools, everything that I learned. 
and just apply it. It's about applying application. Well, you know what? You seem like the type of person that um, pain and adversity actually makes you stronger. So I'm going to ask you something. If you could start over knowing everything that you knew now and it had to go just like it would, would you change anything? No, I wouldn't change it. I mean, and here's the thing is that when you're going through the, these challenges at the time, you don't like I couldn't understand, like, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this? But as I got older, I just paid attention to the signs of the universe. I'm like, OK, this person's in my life for a reason. OK, these people are helping me for a reason. So it's something that I have yep. to do for myself. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's only so much support that you can get before you you tell yourself, I got to step out on my own and make something happen. Yeah. For sure. And you said uh, you had more than one documentary, right? Yes. Uh, what is the other one called? So the other one is called Different Stories, and it's a follow-up uh, with three former foster youth. And it's just about uh, their journey in the foster care system and how they're thriving now and how they're doing successful. And, and the thing that I want to stress is that I think a lot of people, when they hear about the foster care system, they think it's a charity case. And it's like the woe is me story. Well, you know so, what? You know what? I was just going to ask you that, and you read my mind. What is the biggest myth in foster, about foster care? Is that it? That's the myth. That's that's it right there. Is that uh, it's a charity case and 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 foster youth are are, are strong and resilient. You know, yeah. and 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 even for me, all I needed was the opportunity. All I needed was the platform. You know, and 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 I was able to do the rest. And so, uh, it's it's just and for me now. It's like I get to give people those opportunities. Like I was given those opportunities. Yeah, dope. And do you have children? No, no, children right now. Okay. I, I do plan on having some children. I Got definitely you. do. Talk about some of the people that you actually met in foster care that had these crazy stories. You're like, damn, I really got to count my blessings. Um, I don't want to say no names or put yeah, don't, nobody don't, on the glass. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's just so many different stories. Like, everybody's story is, everybody's challenges are are different, you know. Um. It's, it's just different. Every every young person has a different challenge, but a lot of us overcome those hurdles. Yeah. And we have a support system to to support one another. Can I just ask you a con- controversial question about foster care? Do you think that people should be able to, like, how do you feel about same-sex couples adopting kids? Like, should that, how do you feel about that? I feel like that's fine. I feel like, uh, you know, it's it's based on love. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, um, everybody in this room was birthed on love. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? And so, um, we gotta we gotta do better at at, at not being judgmental and just looking at people's intentions. And we know that you know people have love in their heart, and that that should happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you um you also do filming too, like videos and stuff. Yeah, well, um, uh, I, I have a, a videographer, and uh, like I just pretty much write, come up with the concepts, and we get to filming. And uh, I'm also featured in this documentary called The Unspoken. And I'm not sure when it's going to drop. Uh, shout out to my boy, uh, Kep, Kep Baddies. He's uh, incredible. And it's about the climate of America. It's about Black Lives Matter. It's about racism and uh, and what we need to do is a, is a country to, uh, to to shift the paradigm. You know what? When I think of America, right, and I know that like racist, like this country was founded on racism. 
You know, we know that. Slavery, uh, Native Americans raped, pillaged, right. this, that, this, that. How many years do you really think that it would actually take for America to be the ideal place that you think with all that bloodshed that has already happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be here to see it. Okay. But I'm, I'm definitely going to um, uh, put my mark on the, on the earth to, to help change it. And, and, and then the other question is, like, what is the ideal America? That's why I say your what, ideal America. Yeah, what is, I mean, you know, it's, it's peace. Yeah. It's peace. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It is is as crazy as that may sound to some people like that's not realistic. And we 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 need a balance. There's a balance in life. You laugh, you cry, you know, it, but initially I want I want peace. Was that were you in a state of appall when uh, those people rushed the capital? I wasn't. I wasn't. And my thoughts on that was I knew something like that um would happen because there's there's so many signs that's leading up to it, mm. and and the only reason everyone's being reprimanded is because now they right next to the politicians. You know what I'm saying? It was never a, it's never a problem when it's in the hood, when it's in West Oakland, when it's in East Oakland, when it's in Baltimore, when it's in Detroit. But as soon as it hit the capital, it's a problem. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, now they got to look in the mirror. You know, yeah. they, they can't be in denial. And I was the, the part that I was appalled about was the hearing that happened after they 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 had a recess, a, a break or whatever. And then they had the hearing over Trump's votes. And I'm like, y'all should be thinking about the safety of the Capitol now. It's been compromised. Yeah. Why, are we, why are we having this conversation about about the votes with Trump? Yeah. How? Because I can never break into somebody's house. No, me They either. broke into the White House. Right. The, the, the White is house. Right. That's federal property. Right. You know, uh, taking pictures, selfies with their feet all up on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I can't true. even take a piss in that motherfucker and leave a drop of piss on the toilet seat without getting reprimanded in that motherfucker. Straight up. Straight <laughs> up. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's <laughs> been so many signs that they've been doing this for years. And it's just, if you feel comfortable doing something... Someone, if someone feels comfortable doing something and they don't get stopped, they're going to continue to inch closer. Yeah, right? that's just like that's like a little baby, right? If you if if a baby's finna walk towards something hot and you're not telling them, and they just they're gonna just keep inching over, they're mm-hmm, gonna keep mm-hmm, inching over, mm-hmm. they're gonna keep inching until you just like stop. Yeah, yep. Then they're gonna pay attention, like, oh, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Yep. Well, you know what I said? I said, have you ever been in Walmart, right? And have you ever seen like a little white kid? Scream at their parents because they couldn't get something. Oh, of course. Well, those were those kids from Walmart. They're just grown now. Facts, facts. And me and you wouldn't. We wouldn't be here. Yeah, we wouldn't exist if we did the same thing. Definitely. Right. Yeah. This would be a whole nother podcast, whole nother host. Yeah. Yeah. Whole nother guest. You feel yeah. me? <laughs> it's funny though because like I went to all white school for about six months. Okay. I mean, where, it was where'd it, you go? Uh, Hillmore High. It's by it's by Turlock. Okay. I'm going to go say my sister's dad for a semester. You know, see how that was or something like that. Because we close. We come from one of them black families. He got a new wife and everything. You, you notice I said, my sister's dad. Right. You know, but you know, that's pops and shit like that. But uh, the school was so, I went to school with cowboys and cowgirls. You know, like in the middle of California, right? Where you smell all that dairy and cows. Mm-hmm. Those are owned by Portuguese people. Mm. 
didn't know that. Yeah, the gallows and shit like that, that's where they from. All those kids that I went to school with were rich, but it was this one guy the year before I got there. The school was so racist. Guess what he thought it was okay to come to school on Halloween dressed up at? What? KKK. Oh, yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. And I went there during the OJ trial. So you know how you know how that was going to school. You oh, know tension, that, tension. Well, you know, I mean, it was just, it wasn't all of them. And you know what? It wasn't all of them, but it's always the elephant in the room when you're the only person in the room that's probably looked at as the elephant. Facts. You know, and shit like that. Right. And you said that you did filming. Did you do? Do you do movies too, or just documentaries? Well, documentaries. Now I'm definitely gonna get into some feature films. Uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of writing, and so I definitely plan on doing some feature films. I want to do uh, I want to do romantic films, love. Uh, I want to do some uh, thrillers. I want to do action. I want to do it all, man. And I, I want to make it big. I want to I want to leave my mark when I do film. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying. Thanks for coming through. This was a short interview, you know what I'm saying? Because we got another person coming through, an artist. I don't know who it is, but check this out, though. I got to ask you the question before we go. What's the question? What are your favorite three Eddie Murphy movies? Ooh, okay. We got to go with um, Raw. Okay. That's one. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. That's, that's That's one of the ones. Um, how does this nigga man? Oh, coming to America, of course. Okay, you can't leave that one out. I mean, I just have a different preference, but you can't. If yeah, I didn't, yeah, just, you know, if I didn't yeah. say coming to America, that that should be a problem. You're right. You're right. Now, now, this is what I want to know: If you had to rank these three movies, which ones is the fun? Which one from one, two, three is the funniest? Friday, House Party, and Coming to America. Oh, coming to America, Friday, house party. Just like that? Just like that. Just like that? Just like that. Now, what is your favorite movie? No, this is the last question. I love doing this. My bad. I love this favorite shit. I am so sorry. Check this out. If you had to spend your money on a double DVD, would you buy Belly with Do the Right Thing or would you buy Minister Society with Boys in the Hood? Oh, Menace to Society and Boys in the Hood. You ain't never even seen Menace. <laughs> what was Jada Pinkett's name in Menace then? Um, uh, hold on. You got me stumped right there. Then I win. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you at. Uh, you can check me out at www.zdaviesfilms, Z-D-A-V-I-E-S, films.com. And my Instagram is the same, Z Davies Films, and Twitter is Z Davies Films. I got to ask you a question. Are you really busy with your filming and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, you I'm actually you, working on... Uh, you got I, any time to help us out a little bit around here? Of course. He said it. We got another I got, one. I, yeah, right. I mean, I got to. You, you know what I'm going to do? Say no, and, and then not, not be able to be on oh, I Need to Know anymore? I, no, you could definitely pull up, but I'm going to tell you, you know, sometimes people be busy. Right. You know, because in this line of work that I actually do... right. You know, because you know me, I make music, I do this, I do that, right. and stuff like that. This is a art. This is a platform where I'm actually building my podcast, but it's a different relationship when I'm dealing with other people. Right. Oh, I was going to tell you, not to cut you off, Ronnie. That was her name. Ronnie. Damn, I should have. <laughs> you lost. You lost. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> fucking with you. Fucking with you. Ronnie. Who fucking Ronnie's with you? Ronnie's dead. She is. Yeah. Yeah. Still is. Facts.
Entanglement. Entanglement. <laughs> hey, so I am LDs for another episode of I Need to Know with my special guest, Zimbabwe. <laughs> and as usual, come, come on, on, you know, know what I want. want.